Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You have keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. Here on the Maroon Friday edition of the Yard. I'm wearing maroon today. I hope you are as well because it is a game day weekend here in Starkville. The uh, The town will start filling up here shortly if it's not already. A little bit later recording today. Yeah, had a couple things going on. You know how it is. 
Happy to be with you today. Happy that you're going to be with us tomorrow. And I shared this with some people earlier this week, some people that I love. I said, you know, it's so great to have everybody back because there are some friends that I only get to see during football season. You know what I mean? We've all got some friends like that. You know, and you mean to get together throughout the year, and, and they're just it's just sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. You've got people live out of state, and, you know, if you've got kids, there's always stuff going on. There's always somewhere to be. There's always some bill to pay. There's always some function to go to. And you don't always get the time you want with those friends that uh, maybe live a little bit off the beaten path. And so when you guys come back to Starkville and you're here in town and we're all together and you get a chance to you know shake hands and slap backs and see everybody's kids and, and just reconnect, it, it is such a wonderful thing. The ball game withstanding, the ball games are always great. But just the community that we have here and the Mississippi State family, when we get a chance to get together, it is just a wonderful undertaking. And then we get to watch Mississippi State win a football game. That, that, that just, you know, listen, we're not, we're not going to be like some folks up the road that we value the party over the play. That's, not, that's never going to be us. But, man, there's just so many people, people that I went to high school with that now have their kids who are students now at Mississippi State that will be on campus tomorrow, many of which that, you know, you know, you know how it is with social media. You know, it, it kind of makes you lazy. You know, I don't think we call each other quite as much anymore because it's just so much easier to kind of, you know, kind of have that voyeuristic mentality as, you know, you see everybody's pictures on Facebook and you feel like it's you're caught up. I mean, I do the same thing with all my sisters. You know, it's just like one of those deals where, you know, you don't text that often. You know, you don't call that often. It's because of the fact that you feel like it's you're up to date. And it's even more so when you're talking about your high school friends and people you grew up with. And so I'm looking forward to seeing so many of those folks here on campus this weekend. Really, really, really excited about that. I want to remind you guys, when you're in Starkville this weekend, you need to go break bread with our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company. They are a Starkvillian institution. People that are invested in Starkville, people that are invested in Mississippi State, people that are invested in your well-being as well as your nourishment. You will find some great favorites there. I encourage you to, to eat them all. I, take the Bulldog Boneyard Burger Challenge and try them all. I, I've done it. I, I, there's not any of them that I dislike. There are some I like more than others. Right now, I'm riding the Lauren train. But if you're looking for just a great restaurant-quality hamburger, the Bulldog is the way to go. Without question, it's a straight-ahead, good American rock-and-roll hamburger, the Bulldog. But if you want to get on the wild side a little bit, get the mission. And I saw on their Instagram account this week, they were they kind of demonstrated the mission without a bun. And man, that looks like a wild ride right there. And maybe that's the way to go for you. Maybe you don't want all that bread. Maybe you don't you don't want those carbs. Maybe you don't, you know, maybe you want a gluten-free bun. Maybe you want a weed bun. Maybe you want no bun at all. You can do that. Go treat yourself. Bulldog Bear Company, just a tremendous place part of a family of restaurants here that have been an institution here in Starkville. Coming to Tupelo, September 23rd, Bulldog Burger Company will open location number two. Right there on Gloucester Street. You're going to be glad you go by there and do that. Going to be a little bit different. Not going to have the Shipley's bread pudding there in Tupelo. Going to have Scarlet's bread pudding. If you live in Tupelo, you know exactly what that means. They're committed to your community. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville and soon to be in Tupelo where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. A lot to talk about today. Thankfully, it's all positive. Thankfully, it is. We met with defensive players 
uh, on Wednesday night since we have been together. We have met with some defensive players, not not a, a big long list of guys, uh, but we did meet with Chauncey Rivers, who has really kind of become the face of this defense in many respects. Errol Thompson's the captain, but you know a lot of people look at Chauncey and say, okay, this is. You know, he's a guy that, that maybe didn't play as many snaps as he could have last year because of the fact that he was behind Montez Sweat and some other guys out there. But Chauncey's really stepped up in, in, into a leadership role. There's so many people on this team that tell me, you know, Chauncey's the guy that stands up on the chair. He's the guy beating on the table, getting everybody fired up. He's the guy. And there's always that guy. You need that guy at every personnel group. But you're beginning to see that with Chauncey Rivers. And Cha- Chauncey... Got, got a fresh haircut this week. You can watch that video today. Uh, be on Paul Jones's article that we uh, we, run, we run later today about the Bulldog defense. Uh, see Chauncey, what all he had to tell us. But um, a, a lot of confidence right now with this group about tackling. That's one of the things that many of you mentioned on social media, and we all saw it ourselves. We, we, we tackled good at times, but we were very inconsistent with our tackling there were times that we would have initial contact not wrap up and then a guy falls forward or breaks a tackle and is able to get a couple extra yards you know you can get away with that against a Sunbelt team you can and Mississippi State did probably should have won that game by, by more you know a healthier margin but the bottom line is you won the ball game but you had a lot of teachable moments in the game because you didn't tackle exceptionally well you left a couple points on the field offensively. You gave up some points you shouldn't have defensively. But you didn't have to lose the ball game to learn the lesson. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that's to me, you know, the only thing that I ever learned from losing is I didn't want to do it again. And so when you, when you win the ball game and still have these teachable moments, it prevents you from getting a little bit too high and too full of yourself, thinking, oh, man, we won that game, we did this, we did that. You know, you win the ball game, and you say, you know what? Yeah, we won, but. Yeah, we did that, but. And we wouldn't be able to get away with that against an SEC opponent. Or we won't be able to get away with that this week because we'll have a step up in competition. And that's been one of the debates this week in the media room is who's the better team, you all Lafayette or Southern. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, and this may come as a shock to you, I think it's you all Lafayette. I think it's Louisiana. I think their ability to run the football uh, and the fact that State's defensive front's a little bit in transition was a more difficult matchup for Mississippi State. Not to mention, I think, you know, Le- Levi Lewis, and I'm a fan. I mean, I you know, and watching our defensive players talk about him this week, that they're fans of him too. And I really don't know if we're going to see anybody quite like him the rest of the year. And, I, and of course, there's all these people that, that can't be happy without being miserable. So, oh, you know, we're going to have this. That kid's a special player, okay? And I understand that he's at UL Lafayette, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have talent. That kid was a fee- he was trouble, man. He is a jitterbug out there. But because I think from a personnel standpoint, they were not a good matchup for a team that's trying to find a sense of itself defensively. I mean, you're out there as Deke Adams saying, okay, we want to have gap integrity. We want to do this. We want to do that. And then you've got a guy that's a little bit unorthodox as a left-handed thrower. So a lot of the things that you teach, maybe you're a half second slow reacting to because of the fact they give you such a different look and the fact that they're such a good running team. And that's one of the reasons I think they're going to be really good in their league is because it, it all starts with the running game. And, you know, if you've ever played football, and those of you that have followed football, you know, job one is run the football. Job two is stop the run. I think you all Lafayette did a good job running the football, not so much stop it, run Kyle, and did pretty much what he wanted to do. But in that league, which is really kind of a, a score league, 
You know, it's they're not there's not a lot of teams over there playing you know, a, a tremendous brand of defense. They're going to be difficult. Southern, a much different team. You know, Jack Abraham, very athletic quarterback, not the dual threat guy. You know, he's a guy that wants to do it with his arms. He can run just enough when things break down, but he's not a guy. You're not going to be out there calling a bunch of quarterback runs for Jack. And that's not to be critical of Jack. That's just not in his wheelhouse. And then Southern Miss, of course, loses Mosley, their top runner. So I don't think they're going to be able to establish the run the way Louisiana Lafayette did. They'll be able to run it a little bit, but not like UL did. It's just going to be a different brand of football this week. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Rather than being played in the box, you know, with some play-action boots and sort of stuff, it's going to be a game really kind of played on the perimeter. You know, state's corners are going to have to play well. We spoke with Brian Cole, and I asked him specifically, you know, how, how do you play the bubble? You know, what do you, what do you do? How do you kind of attack that? Because if if you go and try to attack one space and you get beside yourself and you don't settle and, and be able to kind of power through a ball carrier or fight through a block, it's going to be a big play. It's as simple as that. You know, guys like Chauncey Rivers, you know, last year on the defensive front, Jeff Simmons and those guys really got downhill and really punished teams that wanted to throw the bubble because what would happen is they get the ball outside and then your defensive backs are able to set the edge and force the flow back to containment. And so as those guys begin to double back, realizing, hey, I don't have a you know, running lane out here on the perimeter, and they have to run back towards the interior, then all of a sudden the linebackers and defensive ends are kind of flowing in that direction. And if you go back and watch last year some games, and I know many of you probably keep those on your DVR throughout the summer, you'll see Jeff Simmons and Montez Sweat and those guys out there making those tackles out in the flats. You know, Bob Shoup will do a lot of that this weekend too. You will have guys that as play recognition begins to become paramount they're going to see that they're going to identify that from film study and they'll get out there and that's where i think a lot of this tackling's got to come from it's not going to be just one-on-one type stuff and even though that that bubble play is really kind of an extended handoff for teams to kind of struggle to line up and run straight at you uh, that's where the southern miss offense is going to try to attack mississippi state is out there on the edges and when you begin to look at the strengths of this team you know, the fact that you've got Cameron Dantzler and Maurice Smitherman and Brian Cole out there, I think that is almost going into the teeth of the dragon. You know what I'm saying? I think I just don't think this is a good matchup for Southern Miss. I know they would love to kind of line up and run it at Mississippi State. I just don't think they have the personnel to do so. And so we're going to break this down a little bit more. But I think it's important to understand, you know, football is a game of matchups. It's not just about recruiting rankings. It's not just about preseason conference picks and all that sort of stuff. And all that's a factor. You've got to have the personnel. But when you look at the playing style and what Southern Miss wants to do offensively and how that kind of matches up with what Mississippi State can do defensively, I think this could make for a long afternoon for Southern Miss. And there are a lot of people out there that are kind of, you know, they've, you know, kind of got ringing their pearls a little bit thinking, you know what, Steve, we, we were favored big time in that ballgame last weekend, and, and we didn't we didn't finish. And you know what? You're right. We didn't finish. Up 35-14, we should have been able to put that game away. We weren't able to do that. I think we will be better this week because of that experience. Because you got to think, last year, late in ball games, when you, when you removed the possibility of really running the football, and then all of a sudden, guys like Montez Sweat and Jeff Simmons and Braxton Hoyette, th- those guys were ready to eat. 
because they knew they could kind of pin their ears back, as the old adage goes, and really get after the quarterback. It's going to be a little different dynamic this week. They'll want to get the ball out a little bit quicker, but I think once you once you kind of take away what they want to do and kind of dictate terms to them to get them out of their comfort zone, then you can do what you really want to do. Mississippi State got some pressure on Lewis last week, just wanted, unable to get him on the ground. Unable to get him on the ground. You're going to see a different brand of quarterback this week. If 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 State is able to jump the first read and force Jack Abraham to kind of get through his progressions, it will give the pass rush some time to get there. I don't think there's any question. And so I, I expect the State defense to come ready to go. You know, Brian Cole kind of mentioned too that you know it was it was a different deal watching Levi Lewis run around last week. He said you know within safety they're they're trying to maintain some coverage integrity. And he goes, watching all that unfold, he goes, man, he goes, we're hoping he didn't get out here. We didn't want to look silly either. You know, so a guy like him kind of earns the respect. But I think it also, too, it kind of exposes some things in your defensive scheme that you have to kind of shore up kind of moving forward. And, again, I don't know that State's going to see a quarterback quite as athletic as him. And people say, you know, Kellen Mond, and Kellen Mond is this, a very athletic guy. I think Levi Lewis might be a little more difficult to, to corral. But uh, be that as it may, it is a different team. It is a different week. Speaking with, uh, you know, those, those defensive players, you know, you just kind of get a sense, too, about being back in Davis Wade Stadium. Be, being back, having an opportunity to be back around the home. Yes, it's going to be hot, okay? It's going to be hot. We, we, we know that going in. We can stop tweeting about it. It's going to be hot. There is a, a hot water advisory or hot, hot, hot weather advisory. You, you can bring in a clear bottle. Matter of fact, let me, let me pull up these things just to make sure we understand. I'm going to share this because many people, they'll hear this, but they won't ever go look for it. You know what I'm saying? It's like you hear, okay, it's going to be hot. But, but here is how you can kind of protect yourself, and I want to get into some things that Earl Thompson said. So this is directly from the university as far as the heat advisory initiatives, Okay. We know it's going to be hot, so he, so here is what they're allowing. Each person can bring in one clear, colorless, full or empty water bottle this weekend. Don't show up there with your maroon-tinted water bottle expecting to get in. Don't get up there and say, oh, well, this is all that I had. Listen, stop and get you a you know, bottled water at, at, at the gas station and then bring it with you. One clear, colorless bottle only per person if you show up with that yeti tumbler they're going to take it away from you or they're going to make you take it back to the tailgate or to your car only non colored bottles it has to be a clear bottle to bring it in don't show up because everybody's going to complain you know steve they're doing a better job with the metal detectors but it really you know they promises this but it slowed down it's going to slow down because of joe q fan that thinks that the burleson Plottingham is going to show up there with his uh you know his maroon uh tinted bottle or his yeti tumbler expecting to get water you can take your clear water bottle to water refill stations located around the stadium they're going to be in sections 4 11 22 and 308 so free water free water that you can use to refill your own bottle. And you know what? If you show up and you don't have a bottle, you can go buy a bottle of water at the concession stand and then continue to refill it at these refill locations throughout the stadium. And here's one of the things I think is really interesting. 
you can get a 20 ounce water bottle at the concession stand for only two bucks you can get a liter of water for four dollars there will be cash only kiosks set up on the concourse at sections 8, 19, 305 as well as the uh, Skydog section up there. There are going to be air-conditioned buses and rest stations set up outside of gate B and, and L and a cooling tent available outside of gate A. You can find all of this information at healthstate.com but you need to take some personal accountability for yourself. Hydrate early, put on sunscreen, don't get too deep in the jug and show up out there and get dehydrated. Everybody thinks it won't happen to them. Drink plenty of water and or Gatorade. Get some electrolytes in the system going. This is a, this is a very serious situation. It is going to be a very hot day. Okay, So understand ahead of time. Those are things that you need to take some personal accountability for. There's no question about it. It is an important part of how life works. Is understanding that we need water in order to thrive and live. And nothing beats uh, free things, free water for the thirsty. So Errol Thompson spoke with him and uh, specifically asked him, you know, he was a guy who missed a couple tackles last week. And I, and I shared with you guys that that's a guy that watches film review as much as anybody. He, he will do his film study. He will not like seeing himself miss a play that he ordinarily makes. Uh, he will correct that. And he mentioned, you know, that, hey, that's, it's, it's part of game one. It's part of game one. That you go out there and you miss some tackles. It's unfortunate. It's not anything that we planned, but we also understand we're not going to be too hard on ourselves. We didn't forget how to play football. We're just not in midseason form. That's why that term exists. You know what I'm saying? I think some people forget that. People expect guys to show up and they say, oh, well, we, we, we tackled much better last year. You know, we didn't tackle so great in game one last year, even though we played an FCS opponent. The reality is, game one is always kind of a difficult game. You're getting everybody back in the flow. It will be better this week. Does that mean that we're going to make every tackle? No, it doesn't. So don't tweet me and say, well, Steve, you said it's going to be much better. It will be much better. That's not to say it's going to be perfect. It's going to take a little while to get into midseason form. We're going to have to tackle well out on the perimeter in order to make this a good ball game, in order to make it the game we expect it to be. I don't know if you're aware of this, but... um, there are a lot of things that you can do. And I wanted to share a couple things, too, because I had some people message me about this, some out-of-staters that said, you know what, Steve, we're not going to be able to make the game. We've got, you know, this is going on. Our, our friends have got a wedding. And, and, I, and I, I will never understand the whole uh, fall wedding thing. Not in the South. Just not, not quite sure what we're thinking there. Uh, but all that being said, if you can't make it, you can't make it, to, uh, to the ball game this weekend, there are several viewing watch parties around the South that the uh, Mississippi State Alumni Association kind of put together. Uh, the Atlanta, Georgia chapter, they've got two locations for you guys. If you, if you want to get out and go watch the ball game with other Bulldog fans and you're in the Atlanta area, you're going to have a couple options to do that. You can find them at Hooligans at Roswell, Georgia on Holcomb Bridge Road or at Neighbors Pub, Virginia Highlands on the Highland Avenue there northeast in Atlanta. Now, you're on your own. All they're going to do is provide the companionship. Okay, there's no there's no funds or anything like that. There's no uh, party favors or anything of the sort. It's just going to be a chance for you to go watch ball games uh, with some of your Bulldog fans up there. Uh, there are events in Tallahassee, Florida. There's there's Denver and Houston. We've got a couple locations up there. We've got a great alumni base in Houston. 
There's also a South Texas chapter, the Greater Fort Worth, Texas chapter, Kansas City, Missouri, the Chris Jones chapter out there. You've got the Greater New Orleans chapter. You can find these by going to the alumni.msstate.edu website. Janet Downey keeps up with all that stuff. And so I want to share that with you because there's sometimes people say, hey, Steve, you guys on Gene's page used to always link that for us, and uh, that, that's not the case anymore. But you can find that at the Mississippi State University Alumni Association website. There's TV watch gatherings. Go be a part of that. I want to remind you guys, too, I know some of you guys like to have a little skin in the game. You, you like to be able to, uh, to kind of put some things together and, and uh, show how smart you are when it comes to uh, wagering on college football. Our friends at my book, you are here to serve you. I mean, if you found 100 bucks on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Well, of course you're going to pick that money up and put it in your pocket. So why do you keep picking winners among your friends at the office and office pool and, and not make any money on it? So go to my bookie. It's fast. It's easy. They pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. You've heard that from me for years. My bookie's been a partner of the Boneyard uh, for the last few years and happy to have him back this football season. I wouldn't share these guys with you if I didn't think they were the best. They are the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you can bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet's going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now. My bookie will, will double your first deposit. They've got a new promo code today. Use promo code 3DOG, that's 3 as in 3 dogs night, 3DOG, the number 3DOG, to activate that offer, promo code 3DOG. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So let's look at what we're, the games we're looking at this week before we get out of here. Still got plenty of show left to do and uh, plenty of things to talk about. Uh, the, the SEC East really hurt our picks last week. You know, Tennessee blows it. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Tennessee losing to Georgia State. It, it's going to be a uh, it's gonna be a tumultuous tenure for Jeremy Pruitt up there at, at Tennessee. And a lot of people, you know, when, when, uh, when he was interviewing for the job here, you know, the big discussion is, hey, you know what, this guy's a great defensive coach. He's a great recruiter. But he's got to get the right offensive coordinator. He's got to get a guy that can handle that part of things. And uh, that does not appear to have been the case. I mean, Tennessee at this point appears to be, you know, our line of thinking about just having a good offensive coordinator would make all the difference. That, that you know, we're, what, 13 games into the Jeremy Pruitt tenure, and, and it, it has not been what many people expect it to be. There is a cultural problem at Tennessee. And I don't think the whole Game of Thrones uh, waiting in the wings move by Phil Fulmer corrects the culture. It just doesn't. It's just a weird, weird dynamic for sure. You know, maybe Phil's positioning himself to be the, uh, the interim coach. You know, when things don't work out, maybe Phil will just say, you know what, I'll just put the headset on and go back down there. I know Peyton Manning coming out of the locker room, coach. South Carolina killed us last week. They blew that game against North Carolina. I think Muschamp's in trouble. I really do. I really do. I, I think people are going to wake up and realize he is a 6-6, six 7-5 and six, seven and five coach. That's who he is. It doesn't matter if it's in Florida or South Carolina or, or Mississippi Valley State. Uh, that, that, I think that's pretty much going to be his ceiling. 
you know, he's, he's a guy that will make those mid-tier bowl games, and, you know, I think that's the reality of it. But they, they hurt us last week in their picks. But um, let's go ahead and get to this week's picks. You know, West Virginia at Missouri. I don't know if you know this. Kelly Bryant threw for over 400 yards, and they lost to Wyoming. Again, another team that killed us on the picks. I, I still don't understand how you go to Laramie and blow that ball game against Wyoming. That that's just that, that can't happen. And if you're Barry Odom, when people have come out and said, you know what, we think Mizzou might be the sleeper in the East, and then you go lay an egg in week one like that and just basically give a ball game away, uh, that doesn't you know, it, you know, inspire a lot of confidence in your administration. You know, a couple of years ago, Drew Locke got hot and basically saved the day down there. But I like Mizzou this week. I, I think they win this ballgame. Matter of fact, I think they're going to win it pretty handily. I think being back home, and I think that, that Tiger defense was embarrassed last week. And I think West Virginia is a team that just – I don't think they're going to have the horses. You know, we thought the same thing about Wyoming, to be fair. But I think that was a real wake-up call for Missouri to understand, you know what, we've got an offense capable of competing with almost anybody. We've got to play a little bit better on defense. Barry Odom, a defensive guy, they will figure it out. South Carolina will get the opportunity to kind of extract some revenge this weekend on another Carolina school as Charleston Southern will make the trip to Columbia. The big news out of South Carolina this week is Jake Bentley is injured indefinitely. He is injured and will be withheld from competition. They have not called it a season-ending injury. They have just simply said indefinitely. Uh, that's going to be interesting. I, I'm a Jake Bentley fan. I see some of their fans, you know, of course, familiarity breeds contempt. So their fans are like, you know what, Jake Bentley's just an average quarterback. I don't know that he has progressed, you know, from one year to the next. I think he, he hit the ground running, and they had no choice but to play him. And I don't know that he has, you know, grown by leaps and bounds in recent years. So they're, you know, and I guess I, I don't watch South Carolina that often. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm, I'm sure their fans are much more aware of him as a player, but uh, I think that is a significant development to lose uh, your starting quarterback in week one for an indefinite period of time. Purdue will host Vanderbilt. Neither one of these teams are uh, high-scoring offenses. This has the potential to be a pretty ugly game. going to be aired on the Big Ten Network if you're interested. If you're looking for an 11 a.m. game, that's, you know, that, that that's your uh, your viewing option there on the Big Ten Network, Purdue and Vanderbilt. I like Purdue in this ball game being at home. Anytime there are teams that are similarly situated and offensively challenged, I think you go with the home team, and that's the case here with Purdue. Now A and M will travel to Clemson. Last year A and M in College Station gave Clemson all sorts of worry. I think they snuck up on them a little bit. There will be no sneaking up on Clemson this year. I also think that the Aggies have done themselves no favors by getting out in the media and basically guaranteeing a win this weekend against Clemson. I expect Clemson to win this game going away. Uh, I, I think Clemson, with Trevor Lawrence, is a much, much different team than what the Aggies saw last year with Kelly Bryant. That's just the reality of it. I, I just don't think that uh, A&M has the people in the secondary to compete with the Clemson skill people. I really think this could be the headline of the weekend because I think A&M is unbelievably overvalued as a program, as a football team this season. I think Clemson could absolutely crush A&M. I think think the, the difference between the two schools is incredibly broad. And I think a lot of people are looking at that game last year 
and they're looking at it in a false light, thinking, you know what? They they nearly could have won that game last year. And you know, if you go if you watch the game, you know, A and M kind of made some plays late, but it was just kind of that swashbuckling stuff. They didn't line up and run a cohesive offense. They just kind of did some some freewheeling, and, and Clemson made some mistakes. A and M will not sneak up on Clemson. And again, A and M, I think you're kind of poking the the tiger a little bit with their comments about, hey, you know, we're going to go win this ball game. And, and again, I think Clemson will send a message in this ball game. New Mexico State at Alabama, uh, that'll be a bloodletting like we haven't seen in a while. Uh, you know, Alabama will play a lot of people. They'll get deep into the roster, and they'll uh, save some wear and tear on the starters, expecting a, uh, a game similar to last weekend, probably 35 nothing midway through the second quarter, and then they'll coast the rest of the way. Uh, Georgia hosts Murray State. Yeah, Murray State uh, will get the check here. Georgia, you know, Vanderbilt, Derek Mason, they're always going to be a, you know, a decent defensive team. M- Murray State won't be that. Georgia will be able to do whatever they want to do. Uh, you, you could see an SEC Offensive Player of the Week type performance out of Georgia. Maybe Swift. One of the more intriguing games of the evening, BYU, will be at Tennessee. I say intriguing not because of the two teams that are expected to do much. Uh, both entered a game 0-1. Utah beats BYU in the, the rivalry game. Tennessee loses to Georgia State. Jeremy Pruitt's probably not seen the last of Georgia State. I think at some point he'll be a defensive coordinator in that league. But uh, this is a must-win game for Tennessee. If Tennessee loses this game, oh, my gosh. You know, Tennessee's not in a position, I think, without some – outside donor uh, contributions. I don't think they're in a position to fire anybody. But it is going to make for a long, long year if Tennessee opens up the year 0-2 in the non-conference, knowing that there probably isn't another game on the schedule outside of Tennessee-Chattanooga that you look at and say, you know what, Tennessee should win that game. I picked Tennessee this week. I picked them again last week. BYU is probably a better team than than, the than Georgia State. But I think there's enough talent at Tennessee team that they were they are embarrassed about what happened last week. I think they will rally behind Jeremy Pruitt this week and kind of stave off things for another week. I also think the whole Jordan Murphy thing and and uh, I think that they they called it they say he just left the team. I don't believe that. Uh, you know, they can they can call it what they want to. I I simply don't believe that. Jordan Murphy from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Uh, one of the best receivers in the state when he came out, went to Tennessee. Uh, a bit of a surprise, I guess, but he but he commits up there, stays with them, and then uh, they get him in school. And he, somebody had tweeted out that uh, not only had the, the the visitors won the ball game, but they made nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the deal. And Jordan Murphy just said, "Hey, I, you know, I don't really care who you are. This is kind of funny." Well, the folks in Tennessee did not find it funny. And uh, the next thing you know, Jordan Murphy's Twitter account is inactive, and then it is announced that he has left the team. Uh, again, I don't believe that he left the team. They may have given him the option, but I just can't imagine that a guy would leave right now in the middle of uh, of the semester, or the early parts of it. We're already past the drop ad date. I, th- I think that this was probably a cut situation. Because what, what does Jordan Murphy get? You know, he could come out and make a statement and say, guys, uh, I made a mistake, you know, just a little frustrated, and I saw that, and I thought it was kind of a lighthearted joke. But the bottom line is the Tennessee fans were not appreciative of the commentary at all. So he's gone. 
Call it what you want. He's he's gone. But I expect Tennessee to win this week. And, again, it, it's going to be a difficult year for Tennessee because when you look at the East, and I still think the middle of the East will beat each other up. You know, Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, they'll probably, you know, split among themselves, you know, because it, it is Georgia and then Florida. And then I think the gap is pretty big. The other people have said, you know, Missouri's asleep, right? I, I just, you know. I think Missouri's still in that middle of the pack deal and, and kind of how they handle Tennessee, South Carolina, uh, Kentucky will kind of determine their their, their uh, order, their, their place in the bowl pack in order. The big game on uh, Saturday night, LSU at Texas. Uh, I think LSU is a really good team. I don't think they're an elite team like some other people are making them out to be. I, the, the Joe Burrow hype is something that I look at and I kind of scratch my head about because – you know, I thought he played well in the bowl game. I did not think that he had a great year last year. I mean, some of the people say, well, you know, Steve, he did this, he did that, you know. Uh, I, th- I think he's an above-average quarterback that kind of gets bound having some great talent around him. I think Texas will, will give LSU a lot of trouble. In fact, I'm picking Texas to win the ball game. Being at home, an electric atmosphere, if this, the game was in Baton Rouge, I would probably be the opposite. I think Texas is going to find a way to win this football game. I think Texas – I'm not ready to say Texas is back. I might say it after the game. But I think LSU is a tad overrated, and I think Texas is a team that is surging right now. And I think this is the kind of statement game that they need to kind of say, you know what, we're back in this thing. Okay, We've been away for a few years, but we're back. And so I think this is one of those program-defining type games for a new staff at Texas to kind of show that their the trajectory of their program has uh, changed in a mighty way. Auburn will host Tulane. That will be uh, should be uh, a disaster of a game, too. I, I don't think this is a 56-10 to 10 type game. Yeah, I think Auburn will get out and score a little bit. Uh, I'm a big Booby Whitlow fan, man. I, I really think that he is a, a future star in this league, and, and he needs to be for this – Auburn offense. That, and, you know, Auburn last week with Bo Nix, they struggled for three quarters, and then he found some magic in the fourth quarter. And then I read some people already anointing him as a Heisman candidate. Please stop. Just delete your social media accounts. Stop talking to people about college football. It's a joke, man. Stop. It's so stupid. People get out there and talk about these things. I mean, a kid makes one throw, and all of a sudden we're ready to hand him a trophy. That doesn't make any sense. What about all the other throws that he made? The you know the the ones that were not even close to having solid ball placement. And I expect Bo Nix to be a star in this league, but there are so many people that are so ready, you know, for him to be something that he's not. It's not fair to him. And that's not to say that he's not going to have a big year. But his numbers last week were not good. I, I just I don't understand why people have such a hard time with that. It's like you see a guy make an ill-advised throw that ends up being a, a, a game-changer, and now all of a sudden you want to act like that, uh, that something was, was great about that. It just, it's just one, it was, there was a lot of luck involved in that. They scored 14 points in the fourth quarter to win 27-21 in a game where the offense did next to nothing for three quarters. They really, really, really struggled. Bo Nix, 13 of 31 with an average completion of 5.7 yards to carry, 177 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. That That's not going to get it done. It's just not. And, and he'll get better, okay? And I'm not being critical of him. I'm being critical of the people that are ready to hand him a Heisman Trophy. 
It just doesn't make a lot of sense to act that way. It's not fair. It's not fair to him. Those are unrealistic expectations. And I know that he is a legacy-type kid, and people look at that and say, you know what, he'll be just as good as his dad. I don't know that that's true. I, I, I don't. I think his dad was a great quarterback at Auburn. I think, again, I think Bo will be a really good player there. I think he'll be a star at Auburn. But let's not get the cart before the horse. Let's, 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 let's let him earn it, okay? Florida and UT Martin, this will be a Dan Mullen special. Dan will put them away early and, um, you know, probably won't won't have the style points that many people expect, and then everybody will be complaining and looking ahead. But, uh, you know, this one, this, this will be an interesting, you know, game for maybe a quarter. You know, UT Martin just doesn't have the athletes. And, uh, you know, the swamp will swallow his guys. The poll. Kentucky and Eastern Michigan, that's a game that has a little bit of some intrigue when you begin to look at this thing in the end. Kentucky and Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan... This is a, a little bit of a tougher matchup. Number one, I don't think Kentucky's very good. And I said that last year, too, and they proved me wrong. But, uh, you know, Toledo gave Kentucky some trouble last week. And, uh, you know, I think Eastern Michigan, the, the fighting Scott Weatherby's, Miss Scott, hope he does well, uh, they've got a chance up there, you know, I, I think, to go into Lexington and make this thing rather interesting. You know, Kentucky wins that game 38-24 last week, and it was far from a thing of beauty far from a thing of beauty uh that's and, and i think that's going to be the thing with with kentucky is uh they are going to be a team that is real streaky you know wilson had a couple of touchdowns yet last week but uh it's just they are not going to be this you know smooth operation offensively they're just not they don't have you know, a very multifaceted quarterback. He is pretty basic in what he does, and I, I think you could argue that he is arguably uh, probably the worst quarterback in the conference from a consistency standpoint. He did have a decent game last week, 19 of 26 for 246 yards. I just don't think that uh, he can carry them very far, and I think they're really going to lose. They're going to miss Benny Snell. They're trying to do this running back by committee approach, and I, I just, you know, they just don't have a star there. But I like Kentucky to win this one. I think it'll be a close game. I think Eastern Michigan will hang in there for a while. You know, they, they win 30-23 to 23 last week against Coastal Carolina. Uh, they'll score a little bit. But I, I think it'll be an intriguing game for a while. Kentucky will find a way to put that thing away. Arkansas at Ole Miss. This is what uh, a, lot, a lot of Bulldog fans are like, you know what, I'm ready to get our game over and get back to the tailgate or get back to the hotel or get back home to watch this ball game. Uh, the loser of this game will be the seventh place team in the SEC West. I think everybody, I think everybody looks at that and, and probably feels the same way. I think a lot of people picked Arkansas seventh because they had Ole Miss beating Arkansas. After what we saw last week between Memphis and Ole Miss, I don't know how anybody thinks that Ole Miss has anything. And uh, I have read with great interest some people, and, and let me just go ahead and say it, some, some of these people don't either didn't watch the game or don't know a lot about football. If you go back and you look at that Ole Miss-Memphis game, you will see it wasn't the Ole Miss defense that caused problems for Memphis. It was Memphis's own ineptitude on offense that caused them problems in that ball game. It's a 15-10 game. It could have easily been a 30-10 game. Memphis could have easily blown Ole Miss out and probably should have. Uh, and that's that's the one thing that I think is you know interesting. People say, well, you know, man, that defense was great. No, it wasn't. It, it, it wasn't great. As a matter of fact, it seemed like the entire second half of the ballgame, 
that Memphis played on the Ole Miss side of the field. Uh, that's one of the things that I think is incredible. You know, Brady White throws an absolutely horrendous interception uh, to Bernito Jones. They had a screenplay that just really hadn't developed, and he forces the throw that killed the promising drive, and then there were some penalties from Memphis that kind of backed them up. But look at the numbers. Brady White, 23 of 31 for 172 yards and, and the one interception there, and he really hurt them on that play. Matt Corral in the new offense, 9 of 19 with an interception for 93 yards. Folks, that is not going to get it done. If you want to sit here and talk about defensive play, uh, maybe you talk about Memphis because here's the deal. Uh, Memphis offensively, better completion percentage, and uh, Patrick Taylor runs for 128 yards. Gainwell runs for 77. They have two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Ole Miss, on the other hand, their leading rusher runs for 62 yards on 19 carries. So he was the third leading rusher in the game between the two teams and just the one touchdown. Matt Corral, 93 yards. I mean, so so who really played better defense? Tell, tell me again, and that's, that's what you're kind of resting, you know, your, your argument on is, oh, well, we held them to 15 points. Well, yeah, you held them to 15 points because they couldn't get out of their own way. This is going to be a long year for the Ole Miss defense. And like I keep hearing these people say, well, you know, Steve, they only gave up 15 points. And really defensively, only 13 points because two of those were a safety where Matt Corral got absolutely tattooed in the end zone. This Arkansas team struggled to score points last week. So this is going to be one of those games where I think it's going to be one of the more entertaining games of the weekend because both of these teams are desperate to get to a bowl game. The winner of this game keeps those hopes alive. The loser of this game, the season is over. This is a must-win game. Anybody that thinks that Ole Miss is going to come out, come back from an 0-2 start after losing to Memphis and Arkansas make a bowl game need to go sit down and talk to somebody. It's not going to happen. I, and, and because of the fact that I'm a Rakeem Boyd fan, and I think Rakeem Boyd is as good or better than Patrick Taylor, I think Arkansas is going to win this ball game. I think Arkansas will win a close one. I think it will be an entertaining game, probably 24-21, probably boil down to the last play, and Matt Corral throws an interception or something, an ill-advised pass or something trying to do too much. But uh, this will be a very, very entertaining ball game. I want to thank our friends at Campus Bookmart, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the whole crew there. We'll treat you like family because you are family. The lovely, talented Susie, so many great smiling faces there at Campus Bookmart. When you're in town this weekend, let me encourage you to get here a little bit early. Go by, get that brand new MSU t-shirt. You're going to be glad you did. If you can't make it to town, maybe shopping day, uh, game day is not a great shopping day for you, visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we got a promo code that will help you. Promo code is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that will get you free shipping on all orders over $50. Again, that's BSR. Get that maroon polo, guys. You want that for yourself. Ladies, you need some, some of those nice V-neck shirts for yourself, not to mention great novelty items and other items of MSU memorabilia to decorate your home office, auto, RV, whatever you got, your pets, you can do it all. So we're going to get out of here, and uh, a couple more things to say before we get out of here, because I think it's important that how this, this week for Mississippi State is a big one, because we are back home, and it gives us a chance to open up 2-0, and and I think when you look at Tommy Stevens, he had a good game last week. I don't know that I would call it a great game. I thought he managed the ball game really, really well. There were a couple throws he'd like to have back, and you expect that. I, I think he had he had a really good game. 
I think the next step in that is for him to have a great game. I think he comes out this week and has the great game. And I think that's what kind of gets gets people fired up. But there are people like, well, you know, Steve, we, we won the ball game, but. And you know what? I agree with every one of the buts. I do. We should have and could have played a lot better on both sides of the football. But offensively, we played really well at times. Not dominant. But again, the first week of the year, you expect there to be some miscues. This is the week we need to clean it all up. This is the week back home in front of the cowbells, you know, all of that matters. And I think this is the week that you know that, that, it's, that people will kind of let their guard down a little bit and say, okay, all right, okay. I expect the defensive effort to be better. And I don't know that the effort was bad last weekend if it was one more execution. I think you had some young guys in there that had not played a lot of meaningful snaps. They get thrown out there against a good running team, against a veteran offensive line. I'm not going to sit here and compare those guys to an SEC opponent. That's not That's not fair. But I think it was a solid early test that allows you as a coaching staff to look back and say, okay, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. We need to adjust this and adjust that. And one of the big adjustments that's going to happen this week is you're going to see, if things go as planned, you're going to see Cameron Young and Nathan Pickering in the rotation defensive tackle. You're going to play a lot more people this week because we're at home. You know, last weekend you had the, the 70 player travel roster, kind of a dress rehearsal for SEC games. But you're going to have the full complement of the roster minus the suspensions. And I want to talk about that just here for a minute here. There were some guys last week that were not listed as unavailable because they didn't make the travel roster or weren't listed on the two deep. I have said for some time that would be the case. This weekend, you're going to have more of those guys that will probably be listed but again, the university is not going to make a public declaration about why certain guys are suspended. And so I know many of you out there are trying to piece all this together. But my, my hope is, is that we can really focus more on who is playing rather than who is not playing. Because I believe the players that are playing are more than capable of, of pushing this season ahead, putting together a winning season. And then when those other guys are able to rejoin the team, I think that gives us the full comp of the roster down the stretch. And puts us in a much better position. Now, I don't think you're going to see any new faces that maybe you didn't expect to see this weekend. Okay, does that make sense? And a lot of people have asked, okay, well, Steve, what about Keaton Thompson? You know, here is what I believe about Keaton. I think that he will play some this year. I think he is basically uh, going to be limited or relegated to four or less games unless there is an injury situation with Tommy Stevens and then Keaton is is, uh, is forced into the starting lineup. I think Joe Moorhead is going to do what's best for Mississippi State first, but at the same time, be mindful of what's better for Keaton Thompson and his future. We've talked about that on the show, and some people say, hey, Steve, do you think Keaton plays this week? You know, I think at some point he probably needs to play in a non-conference game just to kind of get some, you know, kind of get the Cobb's webs brushed away and knock the rust off a little bit because I don't know that I would want his first snap to be in an FCC game. So maybe he plays this weekend, maybe he plays next weekend. But I do believe you're going to see him play. I think you're going to see Garrett Schrader play. And I think you can be a little more careful because of the fact that you've got Keaton Thompson, a guy that is capable of winning games for you, uh, that you don't have to worry so much about putting Garrett Schrader in a ball game. But uh, last year in these non-conference games at home is when you saw some of the young guys play. And so I think you're going to see many young guys play, assuming the game allows it. There are a lot of Southern Miss fans that, uh, for you know, for some reason, they have this angst about Mississippi State. 
and, and I think I say this, maybe it's because I grew up in South Mississippi, I don't think there's anybody at Mississippi State that really has the same disdain for Southern Miss that many of the Southern Miss folks have for Mississippi State. And, you know, I, you know, listen, I always rooted for Southern uh, when they didn't play Mississippi State, and I still do. You know, I've had several family members that, that graduated from Southern Miss, and so uh, it's not like it is with Ole Miss. I mean, you know, with Ole Miss, I mean, the, the only reason that I'm not in favor of them bulldozing the campus is because I like to keep all those people centrally located. If they didn't have a place to congregate, then they would kind of be littered around the state. I like the fact that they're in one place. But the Southern Miss angle is a little bit different. When, when Southern played Ole Miss back in the day, we always pulled for Southern. Always, always, always pulled for them to beat Ole Miss. And so, but for some reason, there is this angst and some uh, you know, bitterness about Mississippi State. Listen, Southern Miss folks, uh, we think you're lovely and uh, we want you to go have a great season. And uh, want you to go to a ball game. We were all, I think most of us, were really disappointed you didn't get to go to a ball game last year. Thought you probably deserved an opportunity to go. It didn't work out. But, uh, you know, listen, after this weekend, I um, hope you guys go out and win Conference USA and, and go to the Conference USA championship game and, and have a great time. There's just not, on this side of the fence, there's just not the same bitterness that I think what you guys are expecting. You know, uh, we want you guys to come up in here and have a good time and lose a football game and go home and go have a good season. There's no hard feelings between any of us up here. I mean, I know there are some some of our older dogs that were around in the 70s and 80s when when you guys used to beat us with regularity. You know, I mean, I, I remember some of that stuff too. I think Reggie Collier still gives many of us nightmares. But we respected the fact that Reggie was such a great player. There wasn't a lot of hatred. But there are some people that look at and say, oh, I don't want to ever play Southern. And it's really more out of respect than it is a dislike. It's not that we dislike you. It's just that we remember... Southern Miss has had some good football teams over the year, and we don't really want to put ourselves in a situation that uh, we would be losing ball games when we could go play a, an opponent in a non-conference that, that it's a more of a guaranteed win. And so take it as a compliment. Not to mention the fact, if you want to be mad at anybody in the state of Mississippi, be mad at Ole Miss, because at least we're willing to play you. At least we're willing to even come to Hattiesburg. We took Dak Prescott arguably the greatest player in our program's history, and we took him on the road in his senior year and played you in your own backyard. We won that ball game in case you've forgotten. And we've won four in a row in a series. But at least we're willing to play you. So Ole Miss, they don't give you the opportunity to, quote, legitimize yourselves as uh, one of the great state institutions. And so rather than be upset with us when we are willing to play you, be upset with them because they don't want any part of you. I would remind you guys, too, if you hadn't done so, Go to StarkVillainsTheBook.com. Pre-order your uh, signed and personalized copies of, uh, of that book. I'm really proud of the work. Hope that you guys will enjoy that. And go get your Stark Villains gear at StarkVillains.com. Order your T-shirt and hoodies. And if you live in a Starkville area, we've got everything in school colors. You can go check it out and be happy you got it. Be back on Monday to recap the weekend that was. But, man, I absolutely cannot wait to get on campus tomorrow and begin to see the tailgates and and all that stuff, and David Murray and I will be there in a little while uh, to shoot a video. So we look forward to seeing you guys and uh, look forward to a great Bulldog win. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make our friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.